Okay. Why do you like the blues so much, Miss Dunmore? Hi, this is Markley. Hey, this is Miles. Miles is the engineer on this show almost all the time. Yeah, this is engineer Miles most of the time. Sometimes just regular Miles. And we're in Miles's pad, aka Studio B. Yeah, here in downtown Olympia. And uh, we're here to wrap up on a very special episode that was actually uh, one I started working on day one. I began this podcast. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a long break between uh, these recordings. I uh, first started this episode in, uh, I guess, September of 2018. Yeah, we were recording the episode. I remember being so nervous. I, I got a lot of goods on this artist whom there was not much info on. Uh, this is Scott Dunbar. And... Uh, I will let you... I'm going to read you a little bit from this book about blues music that was released, uh, I believe, in 1960, somewhere around then. Mm -hmm. And it's called Been Here and Gone by Frederick Ramsey Jr. Scott Dunbar is a fisherman and guide. He is also a natural musician who's played all his life and listened all his life. Scott can be persuaded to touch up his guitar and play a few tunes while clients wait for his word that fish are biting. He dissembles his knowledge of anything but popular music, perhaps because many older songs are too rough for visitors. He never sings about Sweet Mama Rolling Stone unless asked by someone who knows him and his songs. And uh, this is Scott Dunbar singing the song that he didn't sing to many of his fishing clients.
ready. When I began working on this episode, I saw that a guy named Joe Ropolo had posted a song of Scott's on social media. He wrote about living in Woodville, Mississippi with his wife, Nancy, who grew up watching Scott Dunbar performances as a child. Joe and Nancy Ropolo are blues musicians and big fans of his music. Figuring he knew more than me about Scott Dunbar, I asked him if he would fill me in. Sorry about the audio fidelity in this conversation. I was still working out the bugs. But Joe gave me some serious leads, and it's vital to this story. Enjoy. All right, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, we got it. Great. Good. Good deal. Well, thanks for helping me uh, get closer to the source here. Um, I've been... Good deal. Yeah, like I said, I've been... uh, I've been listening since uh, that reissue came out in 2000. Yeah. It's been, it's yeah, been a man. constant I'm favorite. I'm glad to know somebody else likes them because I, you know, a lot of people don't know who I'm talking about when I talk about Scott. And, uh, he's really, really unique, you know, to me. Um, you know, kind of raw and not not influenced by record companies yet and stuff like modern music, you know. Yeah. It just seems really just as sincere as it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I uh, like about it. I Man, it was a weird circumstance. I mean, not that weird, I guess, but uh, I was just happened to be digging through the discount CDs at a, at a little record store on Venice Beach back in 2000, uh, and it just stuck out to me. It was 50 cents. And I turn oh, around, yeah. and it had like just come out. It was still in the shrink wrap. I'm like, well, I want to. No one else wanted to open this. I'm, I'm pretty curious. Uh, you know, the liner notes on the back there. I'm like, this sounds incredible. Yeah. We put it in the car, me and a couple friends. And by the end of the drive back home, we lived in the Mojave Desert at the time, so it was like a couple hours, and we were singing along to everything. Just had it on repeat oh, yeah. by the time we got home. <laughs> And it was just yeah. an instant classic as far as I was concerned. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, what we were too young to have heard, you know, mm-hmm. the way it really was. You know, that's why I like it, you know, because it, it changed so much, you know, once it got got out of the Delta. And, and, you know, there's still some old guys left that play like that in the Delta, but not many. And, and a lot of people don't understand it. The young people definitely don't you know but yeah uh, he, and he was he was something <laughs> even at the time it came out you know he was a dying breed for sure like a oh yeah yeah a hanger yeah, on I, of the the rural musician i'm so glad it got recorded you know and as uh i think it's little Liza jane uh-huh. you can actually hear that screen door closing in the background yeah, I don't know if you I, ever noticed that. You hear I'm a little, probably, little squeaking. Yeah, I think I think I'll probably drop thing. that in right here on the show.
Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, the way they recorded and how good it came out. Now, I found some other recordings. No way. Two of him doing a few other songs, like uh, J-Bird. Have you ever heard him do J-Bird? Well, he's mostly talking. J-Bird, yeah, J-Bird, yeah. J-Bird, yeah, wish I was a J-Bird, yeah. I'm gonna get another tune now for that thing. Yeah, on that beat. At the deep wood, I made that butt hay beat. That's the one of They made that like a documentary. Yeah. Uh, the vocals news station did, and they they went down and filmed him before he died, kind of. Uh, and that that's kind of available. And I know he's in the Who's Who of Blues, a big catalog, big book. Of mm -hmm. all blues musicians ever recorded, so he's in there too, which is a little small, little section on him in there. So he was known by a few other people, you know, but kind of got forgotten now, you know. There was a, there's a, it was a recording of other musicians from the Delta area, and Scott was on there. I was like really surprised to see it. Oh, wow. Uh, get back in here. But it's uh, he's kind of funny, you know. Um, when he would play here, if he didn't have a a piece of plywood to put on his feet to stomp on, when he played, he needed a piece of wood to stomp his foot on to get to keep his beat. And if he would start without it, he would stop. And I can't do it. I can't do it because I'd come out with a piece of plywood or something, and he would get right on it. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And that was the story I heard most about him, you know. And, like, um, I think it's in Rolling Stone when he stops. So oh, I can't play that. That's too dirty. That was, like, one of his main things. He would get going on a song, and he'd see <laughs> kids or women around, and he'd stop. Like oh, that's too dirty. I can't do that. I can't do that right now. <laughs> so. Well, father-in-law was old enough to see him a lot and my wife was you know she was a kid so she didn't pay attention as much until she got mm -hmm. older because we both blues musicians ourselves so where where are you and your wife living we're right on the border of uh, louisiana and mississippi we're about 20 minutes from from where scott lived and uh all right in woodville mississippi like uh, like louisiana shaped like an l Mm -hmm. We're in the corner mm -hmm. of the L, pretty much. West Feliciana Parish. Right up there, and, okay. Uh, 
So we right up here. It's more of Mississippi than there's Louisiana around here. What's that? Uh, him almost stomping a hole in that piece of plywood. Yeah, that's what I was telling him earlier. He would play the, <laughs> that plywood that was, was almost a hole in it. You know, he would stomp so hard that he would wear it down. <laughs> and uh, he, started, he started carrying his own after a while because not everybody had a piece of plywood from the city. <laughs> so he started carrying his own around with him. Say all I got, baby. All I got is gone. All I got, baby. And everybody around, I mean, as soon as you mention it, oh, I love Scott Dunbar. You tell them that they can listen to it now. And they, because I post it, you know, once a month or so, I post a song on Facebook and try and get it out there. And everybody would chime in, you know. And his daughter's still alive. And she's older now. And I'm, she was ill a while back, but I think she's doing better now. And, uh, she works in Woodville, Mississippi, uh, which is the, the town right north of us here. And she's yeah. amazed whenever somebody mentions her dad. And I can't believe he liked that old music. You know, that's what she always uh-huh. She worked at this grocery store, like I said, and, uh, and uh, a friend that owns it introduced me to her. She said, this is Joe. He's always talking about your dad. I can't believe y'all listen to that old stuff. <laughs> she said, you know, yeah, I, would... I guess she grew up with it, you know. Yeah, I would I would love to talk to her and get some, you know, first-hand stories about just growing up. Too, maybe know. I can uh I'm going to ask um ask my friend that works with her and see if okay. she's willing to do it or whatever, you know, cuz she's a little older now too, you know. She's like I said she was sick a while. I don't know if she's better now or what, but I'll find out. Okay. I'll see if I can hook you up. Man, well yeah, this is uh yeah, I'm really excited about this. And you know, I don't necessarily have a deadline on this story. I just want to get, you know, enough meat to it where I can yeah, put together yeah. something cohesive that uh you know, that does tell a story. So All right, well, um, let me uh see what I can do and then I still hadn't heard back from my friend at the archives that had access to the, see if she has access to those films too and see if maybe you can get in touch with her too. And uh I Yeah, that would be her. great. And, uh, because that's the only film footage I know of them, and uh, they, uh, and there's pieces of it on uh, on YouTube. I'll see if I can find it, and I'll send the link to it, and uh, see if you might can get some information from that even, because they they went a little bit into his history even then. All right. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you, and I reckon I'll talk Same to you. Same here, man. And uh, we'll be in touch. I'm going to uh, find out what I can for you on this end and see if we can get some more info for him. Great. All right. Well, it's been All a right. pleasure, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Later. Bye. All right. Bye. That was Joe Ropolo, and here's a sample of the audio from that news documentary he was talking about, which he got from his archivist friend. There's a link to it on the webpage for this episode, and I highly recommend it. You from around this area, Mr. Nomar? Yeah. You from around here? No, I was born and raised down on Lake Maybe. You know why Lake Maybe River? No. Yeah, that's why I was born and raised. Now, yeah, now. I got a house on Lake May. That's why I was born. I used to come out. High water put me out here, Cap. 
It took some sleuthing and snooping around, but thankfully I eventually tracked down Michael Wolf, who facilitated the recording of the only full-length album Scott ever made. Our conversation shed some light on the situation. The recording is a little rough, but nonetheless, here it is. Scott Dunbar told me that uh, he uh, had been to parties where they were called Scott Dunbar parties where uh, Scott Dunbar would provide the entertainment and he told me how to you know that if I'd call uh, some Lake Mary they'd uh, Mississippi they'd uh, Tell me how to get in touch with him, and the reason I was interested, though, uh, I was interested in blues, and also I knew that uh, Fred and Parker wanted to record somebody, a blues player or somebody for their uh, record company. So I asked them if they'd be interested, and they were, and uh, so I contacted Scott Dunbar and um, put him in touch with them and I was not going to have anything to do with it after that but uh, they wanted me to go along on the recording uh, trip because they were city boys from New Orleans and they didn't know any black people and the Mississippi black people, and they <clears throat> thought being from Mississippi and having shipped out of the Merch Marine with black people that uh, uh, I would be able to co- communicate with Scott Dunbar better. So I did, and I went along, and I can 
tell you about the recording session, if you'd like. I had not seen him play, and I had not heard of him uh, before my friend uh, Bob Heron told me about it. So you just went down there on a recommendation? and uh... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, it sounded like a like it would be fun, and uh, he, he came recommended, you know, so. So I'll tell you about the trip if you want to hear about the trip. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Well, Lake Mary is a an old oxbow lake of the Mississippi River, and it's uh it's south of I believe it's south of Natchez. And I haven't been there for a long time, but uh, it's a small town. Not even really a town, sort of just a neighborhood. And they, uh, so we got, I got directions of how to get there. We drove there. And it's, I don't know, about um, 75, 80 miles north of New Orleans. And it was a kind of a cloudy, cold day. Um, might have been December. I can't remember exactly what month it was, but it was in, in 1970, and it was kind of, uh, might have been January of 1970, or it might have been a little later in the year that, or it might have been December, I can't remember. But anyway, it was cloudy and cold. And we got there, and we didn't go to his house. We went to a um, sort of a, an area of cabins that were for rent for fishing trips that he would uh, knew about and had had some association with. And because um, what he was was a besides a musician, he was a a fisherman, fisherman's guide on Lake Mary, and he would take people on fishing trips. They would come up and put their boat in, and he would go in their boat with them and uh, guide them to where the fish were. <laughs> we uh, were originally going to record inside one of the rooms because it was kind of cold. But we tried it in there, and the sound was kind of bad because the it was all wooden walls, and it was kind of hard, hard surface. And they they decided that the sound was bad on the inside. So we sat out on a porch looking out over the lake. And the other detail that I remember was that... um. Uh, Scott Dunbar uh, was, you know, he seemed real old to us because we were all in our early 20s then. Okay. And uh, I don't know how old he was because I did see him again many years later. And then he was old. And he had an old an F-hole guitar. Mm-hmm. The, was seemed to me to be a little out of tune and really beat up and uh, the strings were old and the action was kind of terrible and the reason I you know I I had brought my guitar 
and he played my guitar on on these on this recording. Uh, and I remember that because it was an airline guitar. Uh, it was sort of dark brown, had F holes, sort of a jazz guitar, but uh, it it sounded pretty good, you know. It was not the uh, I think the recording session lasted about three hours. And um, so we sat out on the front porch and, and I would talk to him and uh, Parker and uh, Fred would talk to him and he would tell stories and he would sing songs and we, you know, made this made this recording. He, he recorded a lot of songs. I mean, he uh, they didn't use all of them, but uh, they recorded a lot of them. For several years after the recording, um, and I can't remember exactly when this was or even why I was in that part of uh, Mississippi, but I was I must have been coming back from somewhere. I, I don't remember the specifics but I was by myself and I had my guitar with me and I think maybe I was just looking for Scott Dunbar but that's what I and I went and I don't I don't remember exactly the details but I found Scott Dunbar um, sort of holding court on the front porch of a country store near Lake Mary, outside Lake Mary, and there were uh, there was an audience, and he was playing and playing the guitar, and he remembered me, and I brought my guitar out, and we sat and played, and you know we would drinking beer and uh, having a good time and did that for several hours and one thing I remember was that uh, first a white guy uh, invited me over to his truck and we sat in his truck and he showed me his gun before he, sh he had a a truck with a seat all the way across the front seat so not bucket seat seats old country he had a towel on the seat in between the two you know where you where the passenger would sit and where he would sit and first he lifted up one uh one corner of the of the towel and he took out a showed me a, a bottle of moonshine sort of a pint bottle of white liquor mm -hmm. and so he, he he offered me a snort, and I took a snort, and he took a snort. And then he lifted up the other corner of the, of the towel, and there was his gun under there. So he just wanted to make sure that I, I, I saw his gun for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> so then later, a black guy took me over to his truck and showed me his gun. <laughs> And 
I don't know how many other people at this party were packing heat, you know, but it it was interesting. So that's all it was to that story. Okay. And then many, many years later, uh, I was at a, went to a little street festival in St. Francisville, Louisiana, which is down the river from uh, Nashes and Lake Mary. And there was Scott Dunbar uh, sitting on the street playing his guitar. And it was his same old guitar that I had rejected for the recording session. <laughs> you know, so, and he remembered me. You know, this must have been in the early 80s, middle 80s. So he was already pretty pretty old by then, but he was he was still playing, and uh, sounded, sounded just like he did. That was Michael Wolf and I, uh, Michael, who sort of facilitated the recording of Scott Dunbar's only full-length album. And we have a special guest on the show today as well. That's right. This is a long time in, in the making. Yeah. Um, this is not going to be the first time I talk to her, but this is Jessie Mae Dunbar, who um, there's actually pictures of her in this book. That's right. Um, been Here and Gone. I found a used copy of it. it. It looks like it's a college textbook or something. It's very academic. And there's eight pages in a 10-page uh, chapter here um, about Scott Dunbar. And it's probably about five pages of writings and a lot of really great kind of candid photos. 
um, of Scott playing and the area of Mississippi where he lives and pictures of him and his family. Really great story in there about uh, their house. Yeah, I'm going to see if uh, we can get Jesse to tell us that story. Yep, um, I would love to hear her tell that if story. If not, then we'll, you know, we can always quote the book later. That's right. Fix it in post, as they say. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's pictures of her in here. Um, and she is living, still living down in uh, Mississippi. Not too far from where they grew up, uh, Lake Mary, which uh, his his first album, his only album, is called Scott Dunbar from Lake Mary. That's right. And is uh, she is she living in Woodsville? Uh, I don't think she's living in Woodville. Let's 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 talk to her. Yeah, that and sounds then, great. Hello. Hi, Miss Jessie. Hello. Yes, sir. This is her. Yes, ma'am. This is Mark. Yes, sir. And uh, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Hey, Jesse. This is Miles, the engineer of uh, this show. It's it's good to talk to you. Okay, I'm here. Oh, great. So, um. Scott Dunbar was your father. It it sounds like Yes, sir. Are y'all watching TV? Me. Ain't nobody here. Ain't nobody here but me. Oh, okay. It ain't bothering me. It's a car show. It's a game show I be watching. Oh, okay. Oh, what game show are you watching? Game show. What game show are you watching? Pawn show? Pawn show. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, um What you trying to find out? Well, we've been we've been talking about Scott Dunbar's music and his legacy um, down there in uh, Woodville, Mississippi. On Lake Mary. On Lake Mary. That's where we were born and raised, and he did. He was born and raised, and but he died in Woodville. He had bought a house in Woodville, and he died here. He was ninety-eight years old. Ninety-eight. Wow. Yes, sir. How did you like Lake Mary growing up? Oh, I love it. Oh. We walked to school every day, and then when I got out of school, we had a farm. My dad taught me how to drive a tractor. He told me one day, now, there's two ways you can go to the lake on the tractor, go in the lake, or either go to the woods. Say, what one would you do? I said, I go to the woods. I ain't going in the water. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good driving lesson. And we would fish, and we would Dad would be working, and we'd be in the farm picking cotton and corn and stuff. Then he taught us how to swim. Taught us to a boat. Me and my sister taught us to a boat and let us swim. Wow. How old were you when you learned to swim? Oh, I was a little girl about... And he put us in the water when we was 28 and 10. But he would tie us, brown us waist with a, a rope, and had us to the boat. He was sitting in the boat. See, I I had uh, some cousins, uh, and my uncle would just throw them in the water and watch what they do and, you know, help them out if they needed it. Yeah, that's what he did, but we 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 learned how to swim good. We did everything. Clean fish and fish. We run his nets the way he was working. Go out there and get the fish out of the nets and everything where he's working. Go out there in the boat. 
And um, I heard that, uh, well, I didn't hear, I read in this old book, uh, the Been Here and Gone, that the house that you guys lived in, in the when it got too rainy, the house would just pick up on the water, and then what would y'all do? No, when the high water come, when the high water come up, the house would be there, and we'd have to move. The way the house was made, we headed down to the ground. You know, uh, we was up off the ground, but he had it down some kind of way. And but the water started to get in the bottom of the house. We move out on push the creek in tents. And he could ride. The water gets so high, be up on top of the house. He was riding the boat on top of the house. Yeah. So, and in, in the book it says here that you would put all your farm animals and into a boat with you and go across until the water came and down. He did. Yeah. 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 Ride them right along with us. I feel like there's not a lot of people getting that kind of experience these days around here. They not. Yeah. The water rising now. I said I was gonna go down there and go fishing, but the water and got so high down there. Now, did you ever get to go along to the parties that your dad played at? When he played, yes, sir. All in front branch of Bill and everywhere daddy was playing. Yes, his daddy take us together because that's who raised us. His dad, us mama didn't. Oh, is that right? Right, us mama left me. I was four when my sister was uh, six. My brother was two, and she took us to my grandmother house, her mama house. And our grandmother wouldn't take me. My sister, she took uh, my brother. And Mr. Bob Robinson, he's a white man, we had to tie. Uh, railroad track here in Woodville. He know my daddy. Was mama had brought us back and put us on the corner for the uh, for the city drugstore and now and left us and he picked us up. This white gentleman did, Mr. Bob Robertson. Bob Robertson. And kept us at his house to daddy when daddy came home. He took us back on the lake where daddy was. Yes, daddy stuck with us. Now, did did he have a lot of competition in, in oh, Lake Mary? Oh, people him? Oh, you know, Come other on. other musicians. Playing music? Yeah. Oh, one person was playing, but he didn't play that much. They'd have made his guitar out of cigar box. That's the first guitar he played, made out of cigar box. Did he keep that? And he played. Sir, did I keep it? Yeah, or did he keep it around? He said about he kept it, but I don't know where that. But I know where one of his guitars and hat and things at. I gave it to the museum here in Woodville. Oh really? Wow. Yes, sir. So can you see it there at the museum there? If you if you yeah, go if anybody visit? go there, can see it. Oh, wow. incredible! They don't mind you looking at. It. You can go in the museum <laughs> up here and look at it. Well, I'd love to. Yeah, me too. That's on. That's I was on. looking at that CD today. Yeah. Yeah. They still got it in there. I got a CD. I got a CD in my house. Do you have any of the other records he played on? Like there's a like the folkways. My folk sister would stay in Macomb, but she ain't in Macomb. She in Texas working out there. She got a CD of him. I mean, uh, the big record, and I got the CD. And I. That's I, my half sister. That's not his daughter. That was our mama daughter. 
Yeah. She got it. She in Texas. Wow. Yeah. There. Yeah, I, I know he recorded when when he recorded that album. That. Well, that he got CD. the same music on the big record as he got on his CD. He got the same music on that. Yeah, I have. Oh, he got books I, out too. Yeah, I got I got the. Yeah, uh, I got two. I got two of his books. No, I think I got three. Oh, really? Because I got one when before Daddy died, and then Mr. Wellman Trepton and his son, Louette, went to Jackson. They got a, a bookstore up there, and each one of them bought me a book back. They said down there, uh, Louette and his son said he's going to take me up there, but I ain't never went up there. But say it's well on the top floor where the bookstore is. You, you don't have those handy, do you? No, sir. Okay. I got them put away. Okay. How much did your dad work with the fishing business? Much. In the fishing business? Yeah. He farmed and done everything. My daddy was going, driving everything. And I came home from work one night. My son said, Granddaddy's got back door and front door open. So he told me if I get, if he gets sick, he's going to let leave his house open. So when I come home, he told me that but I didn't go in the house because my dad always keep a gun there because you know how people break in. So me and another gentleman, I called him, and we looked around the house and couldn't see nothing, so I called the police. And I told him that the house was open, but be careful when he go in there because my dad would have a gun at the door because he didn't know who would come in. And daddy had fell between the couch and the wall where his TV was. Get him to the hospital. Alan Mays come got him. Took him to the hospital. Doctor Lewis was his doctor, and he asked my daddy. Right there, my daddy was dying. He said, "Do you know who I am?" He said, "Yes, you must stand the Lewis's brother." And they wanted to put this thing on that keep him alive, and he told him, "No, let him die. I don't. But he want no breathing machine or nothing on him. He died that night." But I miss my dad. And my son died in July, in uh, December the 3rd. No. He just made 57 on the 3rd and died December the 3rd. And on the 6th, I had a step grandson. He died. My goodness. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I miss my son. Boy, I had my Aaron Hayes the 3rd. I had two girls and one boy. Wow. But he was so sick, though. I had to take care of him because they wouldn't give him the Medicare, wouldn't give him a card. But to go to the doctor and get no medicine. His medicine was $300 a month. But that's all right. God wasn't sweet. Yeah. Well, you, and you got grandkids now? Who? My son? No, you. Do he you never have... did get married. He ain't got no children. I got oh. grandchildren. I got two grandchildren, three grandchildren, and three great-great-grandchildren. Wow. Because wow. my son was 57 years old, my daughter 52, and I got one 60 years old. Wow. Yeah, my oldest daughter is 60. 60, 57, and 52. It's my children age. Yeah. Now, did the did the music tradition continue in the Dunbar family? 
Did they keep on doing it? Yeah. No, so they ain't doing nothing. But I heard somebody. Well, I don't know where it is. I'm going to find out somebody was doing some records of his. But I tried to find out because I haven't heard and They haven't contacted me by nothing. But I heard somebody saying somebody was doing it in New Orleans. But I've been trying to find out the address of the person, but I can't find it. Nobody won't tell me. Somebody's doing, uh, putting out more records, Scott? They doing something or daddy, yes, sir. Somebody told me that, but they ain't told me the address and the person's name was doing it. Huh. Uh-uh. Maybe we can uh, help you find find out about that some more. You know, Mark's pretty I good at digging. Do. do you remember the song Jaybird? I was listening to it today oh, yes, on the indeed. way. Oh yes, indeed. I remember all that. <laughs> yes, sir. That uh, that song I is. I remember all of that. It's so good. I was listening to it on the bus home today, and. Uh, oh, you did. Yeah. And yes, sir. I it just it it blows me away. Uh, do, could you just. Tell me a little bit about that song. I mean, it's it's so beautiful. I love him. I love my dad, the way he did and the way he played the guitar. And he used to sit there and stump his feet and he'd hold that guitar up over his head and play it. He held it up above his head? He wow. was a loving daddy, though. He was so sweet. He treated everybody the same. He didn't holler at nobody. He didn't cuss at nobody. Like, if us do, think us do something wrong, he would set us in a corner and talk to us. Oh. He wouldn't whip us. That's a, that's a good dad. That's right. But us daddy stuck by us. Us mama didn't, but us daddy stayed there with us. Yeah, I... Yeah, I wouldn't give a million dollars if I had it for him, if I had him. You know, both of the both of my little girls love Scott Dunbar music. Every time I put it on, oh, they just that's dance so around. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Well, what you? I know where you say you live at. You know what? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go to Milwaukee, and I think in July, July uh, around my birthday, be July the seventh. I'll be eighty-two years old. My nephew up there. My sister's son up there. He wants to come up there. And I'm going to call you from up there, because he believes in traveling. Oh, wow. And I'm going to call him. And I'll call you when I'm be up there, because he be, be believe in that traveling thing. When they come around the Granada Scott, he there. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Yeah. He on me, man. Yeah, do get, please give me a call. I sure will. Uh, I'm gonna call you and let you know about this too. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it and let you know, so we can be digging in it. We gonna surprise people when I tell them all the information. And I sure appreciate y'all calling me, thinking about my daddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate talking to you, Miss Jesse. And he didn't go. He didn't suffer or nothing. He fell in that house, and that next morning he was gone at the hospital. Wow. He didn't suffer. And God bless all of y'all. God bless you, too. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got somebody to think about my daddy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to play some more of his music and, uh, yeah, maybe talk about yeah. him some more. Yeah. And go home and see about them babies. Tell them I love them. All right, I'm gonna tell him. Okay, night, night, sir. Good night, ma'am.
Night night to y'all, both of you. God bless y'all. All right. And tell your wife I say hello to both of y'all. Sure will. Indeed. Okay. All right. Thank you night, so night. much for your time. Good night. Good night. Wow. Oh man. That was that was amazing. That was like Thanksgiving dinner without the food. It really was. Wow. Oh, the big fat mama is shaking on your bones. Oh, big fat mama, big fat mama, been shaking on your bones. Oh, Lord, the Lord, the big fat mama is shaking on your bones. Oh, the time she shake, big fat dollar gone. Well, you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, baby, you don't know my mind Well, I ain't a dozen all by myself Well, the big fat mama Well, I just thought she shake Big fat dollar gone Well, tell me, mama, tell me, mama Why you you tell me, Mama, Lord, why you stay at night? Well, I didn't come home, fool, fool, I think we got one more episode coming up here uh, before the show takes a little break. A season finale. Yeah, this is the, uh, what do you call it? The, this is the uh, penultimate episode. Penultimate episode, yeah. Of season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and a humdinger, if you ask me, a real corker. Yeah, a real corker indeed. A real, a real spitball yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, I know that most of you listening to this show are probably huge baseball fans. Mm-hmm. Just by you know the google analytics that i pay a lot of money for yeah we got the numbers so you're gonna be really pleased and if you happen to not be a baseball fan you probably like this episode even more yeah i think so because um it'll make you a fan of baseball yeah you get to fall in love yeah (laughs) I still don't. Uh, we we taped it a little while ago, but mm-hmm. I I still don't have a f- really complete understanding of the sport. Yeah, but I I do understand that I really like when people sing about it. Mm-hmm. I love the passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're it's too many spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah. We should probably uh, you know save it. Maybe give a little tease right here of like a a tune. I think that's a great idea. Hey, what's that sound? Is that baseball? 